everyone. Um, welcome. Welcome back and, and, and welcome to the Three Points Podcast. So today, I'm, I'm Chris. Uh, we've got Josh. How are you, mate? Chris, very well. It's, uh, it's been a long time. Uh, a lot of things have, have changed in the world since we last did one of these, but um, it'll be good to get back into it and make up for lost time. It's a, it's a bit crazy, hasn't it? It's been a bit, it's been a bit weird. Um, but nonetheless, let's get to our new co-host. Hence the uh, three points podcast, not the just the two point podcast. I'd like to introduce Daniel to the crew. Um, how are you, mate? I'm very good. Thanks for having me, boys. Much appreciated. I feel honoured. I feel also <laughs> feel bad for making you, Chris, um, have to make a new logo. Etc. But no, nah, very keen to just talk about the NBA good, and other sports good. in general as well. Um, what did we think? What do we want to start with? The finals? Yeah, we got it. I think. Um, so obviously, the Lakers were champions um, over the Miami Heat in six. Were they deserving or not, uh, Josh? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, th- I think in the end they were. Um, I know we've spoken a lot that they're they're a weird team. Like, don't get me wrong, they're good, but obviously there's a, a real lack of depth um, there. But when you've got you know a, a two man game in LeBron and AD like that, it's you know it's going to make them tough to beat. Um, and you know, along with the Bucks, they were the best team all season before the the COVID shutdown. Um, I guess they started the bubble a little bit, uh, a little bit slow. But once the playoffs hit, they they clicked on all cylinders. Um, so I, yeah, I don't think you can discredit them. And in the end, the best team, the best team won for me. Yeah, Daniel. Yeah, no, I guess I agree. Yeah, like it was weird throughout the season. You'd look at them, like obviously, I guess excluding the main two that you said, Josh, obviously AD and um, LeBron. You just look at them and be like, 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 who, who do they have? Like, who's gonna just like show up and help them? Like, if they have an off night or something. <clears throat> and then I guess maybe this was just me personally. I didn't, or maybe it wasn't. A, I guess in the media as much like how good their defense was. I think it was, but <clears throat> I guess we just we saw how like how good it really was, like throughout the playoffs. And I just guess just how like that was their like again again besides Aiden LeBron that was their main like focal point and how they essentially won it. Um, but yeah, no. I, before I let Chris talk about his heat a little bit, I think it could have been very. I think it would have definitely been a, 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 a It would have definitely have been a game seven if Dragic didn't get hurt. Mm. What do you boys reckon? We were cheated a little bit, weren't we? Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. At, at least Bam was able to come back and at least play pretty well. Um, you Chris, could tell though he wasn't quite a hundred percent. I think yeah, when he yeah. did come back. But his but presence was definitely felt. Then again, you could, I don't know, like, because fans probably argue, like, AD probably wasn't 100%, blah, blah, blah. You know, but Chris, thoughts? No, I do. I Personally, I think they're definitely um, deserving. I don't think that's, like, that's even a question. Um, when you've got two of, like, what, at, at worst, like, top, five top 10 players in the in the world and arguably still the best um, player in the world, it's pretty hard to go against you and, and say you're not deserving. Um, I just think 
I guess from a wider perspective, their run through the playoffs was probably as easy as you could get it. Um, like, n- not disrespecting the teams that they played, but um, coming up against, like, a pretty short-handed Blazers team, um, well, you know, always in the in the first round, you're going to, being the number one seed, you'll get the, the most easiest draw. But then um, going into the second round, a, a sort of a whack Houston Rockets team. Um, and then they came up against... Uh, Josh your Nuggets, who were probably were really gassed by the end cool. of it, going yeah, playing two seven game series, That's elimination sure. game after elimination game, um, and then yeah, and then in the finals, um, yeah, no doubt that they were the better team, even probably at full strength of the Heat, um, but yeah, there's it is as you said, it's super disappointing that we didn't get a full proper kind of finals but I guess th- these kinds of things happen every now and then like a couple of years ago where we have we had well, even like going back last year Clay and, yeah. and KD got injured um, yeah. you don't have to go too far back to 2015 when um, K-Love and Kyrie got injured so yeah shit, shit like this happens but um, yeah look as a Heat fan I'm super impressed and super proud of, of them I don't think you, you couldn't be um just the way that they fought throughout the whole um, the whole playoffs, whole bubble, um, and Mister Big Face Coffee, I think he was a big winner of the big winner of the bubble. Um, what, do you guys think? Me, I think I'm quite biased, but personally, he probably would have been top 15, 20 player in the league, like just in his sleep. Um, but I think now he's at least, at the very least, top ten, if not top six or seven. I think. Anytime you put together that kind of performance, I don't think there's any way you're not. What What are your thoughts? No, I think without question, he's he's shown he's a top ten player now. Um, I've always been a big fan of him, and you know the way that he goes about the game and and his work ethic and um, you know the grit that he brings to all the teams that he's played for previously. Um, but I'd be the first to admit that I don't think I ever foresaw him like you know putting a team on his back like this and going toe-to-toe with uh someone like lebron and you know he outplayed him in a couple Mm -hmm. of those games during the finals um the performance he put on was was quite insane so i think he he definitely showed a lot of people that um you know he's a lot better than i guess what his previous stops um in his career have shown and I think now that he's, you know, he's got what he wants in terms of culture um, and being able to, I guess, have that leadership role. Um, he he relates well with, you know, Pat Riley in the front office and um, all the coaching staff. Um, so I think this is what should be the beginning of, you know, hopefully. Um, a pretty interesting next few years coming up because obviously there's some flexibility with um, roster moves that the team can make. Um, and you think how young the team is as well, that uh, his teammates are only going to get better. So it'll be interesting to see what he can show us going forward as well. Mm, also how deep they are. Mm. And I guess, yeah, like, you know, the youth and I guess the vets that they have to trade off and all that. But no, I was going to say probably the exact same. Like I was going to add 
and say, hey, I think even the people that hated Jimmy probably like love him now. Not love him, that's probably yeah. the wrong word, but respect him. Have man. definitely like can definitely respect him. Like it, you just can't not like after what he's done like, yeah. in that finals performance. Yeah. And yeah, as you said, Josh, like he he beat LeBron in some of those games. With LeBron playing, you know, un- unbelievably. Yeah. But. Yeah. And it's both ends of the floor as well. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. I think is important. Yeah. Because you do get a lot of guys that maybe, are, you know, come up big offensively, but then not so much defensively. But that's something that he um, he prides himself on. <laughs> yeah, so obviously valiant effort from the Heat, but um, we'll probably get into them and, and what they what they will get up to and and look at them more widely a bit after, but um, we obviously have to get back to the, the champions themselves, the Lakers. Um, title number 17, is it? I think, 17. I believe it is. Depends. Do you count the Minneapolis ones or not? I know that's been yeah. a bit <laughs> contentious during the week in the media. Ask Bill Simmons. He counts 12. When that pops up, like, you think, you know what, I, I think they should count it, but, like, the OKC don't count um, Seattle's titles, do they? Mm. Yeah, they kind of, I guess, distance themselves yeah. from it a little bit, start afresh. But I don't know. I think an interesting point of it was that, so like George Mikan was, I guess, the first superstar, um, if you like, in the NBA um, with the Minneapolis Lakers and led them to you know, three or four titles or whatever it was. Um, and they they haven't retired his jersey. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. So they claim the banners, but I guess <laughs> they don't care um, about George Mikan, which Poor is boy. interesting. But nonetheless, the Lakers brand has, has 17 against its name, whether you uh, agree or disagree. Yeah. LeBron, fourth finals MVP, third... I think that's the thing that got lost a bit. Everyone was talking about how Kawhi would be if he won this year. He'd be three MVPs with three different teams. But I think the whole LeBron part of that was a bit lost, and it was just that sort of went to the side a bit. Um, obviously, until they ended up winning it. Um, so that, that's number four for him: four MVPs, four um, regular season MVPs. I think the the chat about the GOAT battle has just exploded again. I've never seen as many articles and, you know, talk shows and everything talk about that like they have in this last week or so. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't even think we wouldn't, we need to get into that. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably been covered a bit too much already. Um, Definitely. I think the fact is, like, you'll never know either. Yeah. Obviously, everyone's entitled to their opinion and going to come up with facts and stats based on why they think one versus the other. But, like, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> it's not going to... You, you'll never have a concrete answer, will you? Exactly. It's going to be down to everyone's interpretation. Yeah. Um, just got to accept both LeBron and, um, and Jordan for, you know, what they've accomplished individually and, yeah. and appreciate that. Um, especially in LeBron's case while we're still watching him play because, you know, the day he retires, um, you know, we'll, we'll all miss seeing him play for sure. Mm. 
yeah, oh, well, yeah, I think we will definitely will, and like just to like allude to like that greatness and being like a goat. Um, I don't know, just like we, I guess, take for granted, like, like his stat line in the um playoffs. Well, what did he average triple double? He be like barely missed out on one. I yeah, thirty-eight like, and twelve. Like yeah, like like yeah, Jimmy like played some unreal games and you know played forty-seven minutes, but Bron probably like what did the same on maybe a few less minutes, mm. and like it just like sort of goes out the window just because it's like it's ex- it's expected of him. Yeah, sort mm. of thing, and it's like it's crazy, like. Yeah, they and are, I guess that, that sort of relates to the Kawhi thing as well. Like, we just think, like, you expect Bron to get finals MVP and it's like nothing, like, because <laughs> it's easy for him, <laughs> sort yeah. of thing. It's but, it's ridiculous, like, his stat line, if anyone else put, like, I know we were saying how great Jimmy was, but that kind of stat line for LeBron is, like, as you said, it's normal. But for yeah. anyone else, like uh, Jimmy Butler or... Even to a certain extent, a Kawhi Leonard, that's like, like unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, like you don't even realize he gets it. It's just, yeah, like, exactly. It's just crazy. Um, but. Anyway, uh, so in a wider, in a wider view, um, your thoughts on the bubble. Um, so first of all, I remember a couple months ago uh, when you know the the probably skipping ahead a bit here, but when the, when the bubble was, the idea was thrown out um, to the wider NBA community about about having this bubble kind of thing, uh, whether that whether it be in Las Vegas or ultimately in, in Disney, in Orlando, it was sort of seen as a bit of a joke and there was all people saying, you know, it's not healthy, it's not, it's violating human rights and all this stuff, but I think it's, <laughs> shown way more than anything that it's it obviously successful and incredibly uh, healthy for the players. Like, there was a lot of players who were sceptical about going there and, like, some players opted out, like Avery Bradley and stuff, um, just for the well-being of themselves and, and their family's health. But, like, if you actually wanted to get away from the turmoil and the incredible unsafe nature in regards to... COVID in, in in Northern America, why wouldn't you go to the bubble in Orlando? Um, Safest place in the world? Exactly. <laughs> Legit. I think Adam Silver, not that I know many other commissioners or whatever you call them of other sports, but I think Adam Silver is just like the goat. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, you've seen Instagram comments and everything, like, it's just like, it doesn't, like, doesn't do anything wrong. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It, like, you don't, the good thing about him, you don't notice him a lot. That means he's doing a good job. Yeah, he doesn't say stupid shit that exactly. you know, gets put in, like you know, into headlines and all yeah. that crap for yeah. the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah, but they um, like the way they organised everything down to the, you know, minute detail, um, I think is what made it, you know, in the end so successful. Yeah. Um, because I yeah, as you said before, like I remember sort of going back May June, we we're all and like you know people in the media and everything were saying. What's the point? Let's just pack it up, yeah, um, and we'll start again next season, kind of thing. But obviously, you know, the financial ramifications for that for both the league and all the teams is is huge. Um, and I think like having the imagination to come up with that, and as I said, get into the the minute details of you know barbers, chefs, um, fishing. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, activities. Like, they thought about literally everything. Um, and, like, don't get me wrong, you want you wouldn't want to live there, you know, for a long period of time. But I think with what they had to work with, they, they executed it perfectly. And you look now at the, the NFL, um, they're struggling a bit with, with cases popping up amongst different teams and seeing some games cancelled and whatnot. Um, the MLB had their problems uh, earlier in the season as well. Um, so I think, once again, um, the NBA is leading the way both both with on-court and, uh, and off-court performance. Uh, definitely, yeah. Like, yeah, relating it to other sports, like, you know, the soccer, there's cases everywhere. Tennis, there's case, sort of cases everywhere. And, yeah, like, you'd think Ameri- the NBA being in America would be the hardest one to control. They've done the best job. Yeah. The, the tennis, the outbreaks, it started from Djokovic, wasn't it? A couple oh, of yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, the, the bloke brings, brings it on, on himself, I think, <laughs> at times. But. I think one thing, though, that I think we all enjoyed was the level of play. I don't know whether it was because of no travel. I mean, we're we're stuffed after traveling two hours on a plane. You know what I mean? Like I'm dead. <laughs> like I can't imagine. I can't imagine doing that every second night, every you know whatever they they would do normally in a in a regular season, and and then even in playoffs. So having that, having the notion. And the, I guess, the comfort of actually going back to the same room every night for a, you know, at least like a month, two months would overall help your well-being um, and keep you fresher and things like that. So uh, I think that's positively impacted um, the level of play. Um, I thought that like some of the shooting numbers were ridiculous. I felt as though, especially in the first couple of series, when Anthony Davis was just shooting, it was just literally like practice. Um, because you're in a, you're pretty much in an empty gym. Um, there's like no noise. The only noise are, are like the, um, the added like sounds and things that are normally in games. But like, there's no crowd noise or things like that. So, um, unless you're Westbrook and you, you know, you get heckled by the two block, the two family members in the crowd. <laughs> Was it Rondo's brother or something? Yeah, I think <laughs> Was so. it Will, William Rondo or something? <laughs> the barber, the head of the barbers. Oh, bubble. really? Yeah. He was running the show. giving them all the fucked haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, no, no, yeah. It's a good point, though, because I think one of the arguments against bringing it back initially, going back a few months, was, you know, everyone's saying, I'll oh, be prepared to see, like, the worst quality of basketball that we were seeing for a while just I guess because of rustiness and lack of you know preparation time and, and everything and it turned out to be the complete opposite of that um both with you know the seeding games as well as the playoffs themselves um the the on-court um product was was unbelievable really yeah, actually, another thing I just thought of to add as well, like along with the rest, no travel, that like heaps of players have spoken about, just like getting closer to each other. Like, mm. you, know, you know, morale kind of, um, what's the word, chemistry type of way. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially, you know, for the finals. Well, like, you know, one well, of the greatest things to have, I guess. We've heard, like, um, 
the the teams that probably weren't as close to each other, like the Clippers and, and, and teams like that, you'd think like it, it is hard to stay with people locked in to places for a certain period of time. So if, if there's a little bit of tension or something there, it can become like really toxic. Yeah. And I think... Oh, especially if you've got to stay with Pat Bev, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Or Yoki Imagine on your door at 4 a.m. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's you're... Jimmy wanting to train. <laughs> <laughs> but then you got other teams like at least the the Heat and Lakers, probably the chemistry's mm. through the roof. Um, yeah. So, Nuggets, arguably. Yeah. Um, well, I think those last four teams, if not even, you know, a couple of those other teams who, who performed quite well, even. Though they got knocked out in the first round, like the Mavs and things like that, they really kind of thrive in the bubble. So, yeah, I think if if it were to be a, like a bubble situation next year, I doubt it because I think they'll try and um, p- push it out to as as long as possible to get fans back in. Um, but if it is that bubble kind of situation again, um, you want to get rid of the dickheads from your teams. So <laughs> you can actually enjoy playing. Um, Dion Waiters, you're on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine what? being a Nets role player with Kyrie in the locker room, oh in the God. bubble room. Imagine, yeah. And even KD. Like, KD would be good, but he's a bit of a... Weird unit. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, going on from that, who... So, we'll, we'll give... I'll just throw this on the spot now. Um, so, we've got to pick three players as breakout stars from the bubble. Um, include obviously including playoffs. Um, so the player can't be picked twice. So if I pick someone, you can't pick him. Um, so let's just start off, Daniel. Being the new boy, you, let's kick it off. And obviously oh, these are these are not. They don't have to be super duper stars. They can just be you know. In any kind mm-hmm. of level, just just kick it off. Start wherever you want to start. Fuck. Uh, well, I want to leave your boys for you. I guess I'll take one of Josh's boys. I'll take um, Jamal Murray. Yeah. He just exploded even more than my boy Donovan Mitchell, I think. And just, I guess we're all hoping that he carries it forward, like, you know, into the future and doesn't just go quiet during the regular season sort of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, be hot and cold like he sometimes is. But That's been the biggest knock yeah. on him, hasn't it? It's the lack yeah. of consistency. But, like, I guess if you perform like that in the playoffs, yeah. now that we've seen him, you'd probably be a little bit more okay with him going a bit hot and cold. <laughs> if oh. he can still finish up high. Yeah. If he's going to drop 50 oh, like yeah. that and just hit everything. Like, that, that Utah series is, I think, for me, one of the the best series cool. in the last, you know, few few years, if not decade, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Try not to get off top too much, too much off topic here. But yeah, like as like relating back to the, I think no crowds and stuff. Like yeah. they were just shooting lights out, like like yeah. a lot of the other series, series as they say the word. But yeah, it was crazy. Anyway, who wants to go next, Josh? Um, you put me on the spot a bit here. I might go. Um, I might go with TJ Warren. Um, he had a a very big. Um, I guess. Uh, seeding game um, period um, and I guess he's always been so, like he's not a superstar don't get me wrong but he's always been you know a pretty prolific scorer um, going back to his college days as well 
Um, he's always been someone that you know can easily score um, whenever he wants. Um, and I guess Sabonis wasn't there. Oladipo was, you know, sort of a bit iffy. At one point, it looked like he wasn't even going to play, and then he backtracked on that and decided that he wanted to. So I think, you know, situation and, and being the you know number one option helped a lot. Um, but I think he he sort of made his name known to a lot more people as well uh, and showed what he was capable of. Um, the, I think the big fifty point game against Philly. 53 points or something that was probably his that was, highlight that was their opening game wasn't it it might have been yeah it was definitely one of the earlier ones um so that kind of got it all rolling um and then once once it got into the playoffs unfortunately for him jimmy kind of uh won that battle again uh and he sure. was he was kept relatively in check but um well, i'm excited to see what he can do next season and and going forward as well that was the, one of the weirdest trades, wasn't it? From the Suns, literally gave him up for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they take what was it? Cash considerations Cash, yeah. in return. <laughs> it's a bit rough because yeah, he's he's a good player. I think he's a he's a competent uh, defender as well. Um, so he's not just a scorer. Yeah. Um, and you got to wonder if he was with Phoenix this year, how how he could have helped them. And, that, and look, I guess there's an argument that. Um, you know, they wouldn't have been able to get Rubio without him, but um, you'd hope to at least get some assets in return. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess my first guy would be... I don't think I can go past Tyler Hero. I think mm. I'm quite sure that, or up until that last game, definitely. Um, <clears throat> but he... I think he scored in double digits for the whole for every playoff game that he entered. Um, actually, put, I think he, he would have got there in the end in game I six. I think he did, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just unbelievable. Just capped off by that performance against the Celtics where he got 37. It was just something like you've never seen before from a rookie. I know it, it, this kind of bubble was sort of like season two for a lot of players. So I, I, I see it a bit as a bit True. different um, from kind of like a normal, regular. <laughs> Um, rookie season, but still, I don't think he can take anything away from that. I just think the way that he has the confidence sometimes, to, actually all the time, too much confidence. Um, he just pulls up around everything, talks shit, um, and then he's passing a lot later in, in the in the playoffs was unbelievable. Um, yeah, so for me, it'll be uh, the walking bucket, Tyler Hero. Um, I think he... Um just to add it, I think did he nearly score twenty? Nearly scored average twenty points in the in the finals, I believe. I don't know, not like a crazy, but like yeah, yeah. yeah. he wouldn't have been too far off yeah. if if he didn't. Um, but I think with if he didn't play at that level, you guys might not get there because I guess we saw once once Dragic went down, um, there were I guess question marks about where where's the offense going to from yeah um especially once ad got got put onto jimmy to try and slow him down a bit um it was it was all about where's the the next option coming from and like to put put that kind of burden on a rookie um is you know is pretty special And and he absolutely lived up to the um to the task as well yeah um daniel 
Number two for you. It's tough, actually. Got a few in my head. I don't know. It's too hard to like. Do we? Can you count Jimmy as a sort of breakout? Yeah. Like, yeah, so. I'd say it's hard to go past him and just get just yeah, like as we said earlier, how well he just sort of put the not put the team on his back, but sort of you know put the team on his back. Uh, I guess just carried them like mentally, and you know, like just seeing him like he's just so positive every single game in the finals, just you know, yeah, willing to see him over line. But yeah, I think pretty self-explanatory. I that think one. I think the biggest thing for me that. I never really notice a lot about him. He never complains about anything. Like, no calls. You see how hard he gets hit all yeah. the time. And he, like, oh. never. Like, you compare him. I'm not saying LeBron flops or anything, but the way he yells at the refs and stuff, like, after every oh, call. Crazy. Like, it's it's chalk and cheese. It's unbelievable how different that they are. Um, nah, 100%. 100%. But, yeah. One hundred percent. All right, Josh. Um, I might go with one of my nuggets then in uh, Michael Porter Jr. Um, effectively a rookie this year. Um, obviously, kind of redshirted the first year because of the injuries. Um, and he, he didn't really play a whole lot, to be fair, uh, through the the regular season before the shutdown, um, which Michael Malone copped a fair bit from. Um, from Denver fans and fans around the league. And I guess, you know, with no Will Barden coming in uh, into the bubble and Gary Harris being out injured for, uh, I guess, the, the preparation phase and those, those seeding games, we kind of needed someone else to step up. Um, and, look, his, his defense is obviously a, a huge work in progress. Um, and we definitely saw instances where he just – falls asleep uh, in, in pick-and-roll coverages and um, being able to switch and, and rotate and help on defense. Um, but offensively, I think he he showed what he could be capable of in, in the years to come. Uh, again, he's you know, 20, 21 years old, whatever it is. Um, and he was you know, out there in, in the last five minutes in, in crunch time of big playoff games and, and he had big moments, um, hit some big shots to, to help us uh, get some wins and, and make that push to the Western Conference Finals. Um, Very big dunk as well. On, on Trez. Unbelievable. That was huge. I do um, think his defense improved quite a bit. It like, did. Um, yeah. Just his positioning like, and stuff. He's got the tools. It's yeah. all about, you know, in his head yeah. and whether he, he can be bothered or not. And he's definitely, like, with that frame, those long arms, there's no reason why he can't be a solid defender. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, and Malone seems a really good coach to, to help develop uh, the players as well. So I think he'll only get better in the years to come. Yeah, yeah I, I reckon, like, Mike Malone would have, like, as Chris said, like, like how MPJ improved his defense was like, you know, give credit to Malone and I guess who he was pairing him with on the floor as well. I think how he was putting him more with, um, what's his name? Your backup center. Plumley. Plumley. Yeah. And how well they played together on offense. Mm. I think probably more offense, but defense as well a bit, but, mm. but yeah. Um, Chris? for, yeah, for two, for me, I'd go with your boy, Donnie, Donovan Mitchell. Um, 
I think a little bit coming into the playoffs, he was always, I don't think it's a wrong to say, but he was always a better player than Jamal Murray. Um, well, probably more consistent, I should say, than Jamal Murray. Um, and I just think, uh, obviously, we saw in that in that first round, he was unbelievable. What, what was he, what did he even have? Like, it felt like every shot he was taking was going in. Um, yeah, it was it was nuts. I don't I don't want to bring it up again for you, Josh, to relive those memories. But I know Daniel, you love him. Um, oh yeah, I, I was loving bloody Jamal going nuts as well. Yeah, it was it was like, a, yeah. It, it was, was just back and forth. Yeah. The two of them wasn't it? Every it was, shot going it was in. Crazy. Every shot. <laughs> crazy. It's um he's like a lot of people have said. So how many times have you heard like he's the next D Wade and whatever? Mm. But I think he's he's quite different to Wade in in the sense that I I probably think that he's better as a point guard. Or, you know, not just purely like a, a shooting guard. I think he needs a ball in his hands more than anyone else. And I think that's what the, the Jazz will probably try and do next year a bit more. But, yeah, as as a pure breakout, like, bona fide superstar now, I don't think there's a question about that with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I'm very happy to hear that from you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, for my third guy that I think breakout star going with one of the superstars again I think Jokic um, we obviously already knew how good he was but I think just the fact that like how he was showing um, I guess his will and like power to score <clears throat> like no matter who was on him sort of thing like you know he was pretty much unstoppable at some points and I guess just the fact that like he can pull that out and sort of be that unstoppable guy where he can almost get to like not any spot, but, you know, he's just, like, his IQ. So, like, he's just so skillful that he can sort of, um, I don't clutch is probably not the right word, but be there for the big moments, I guess. It's like some ball shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily, like, breakout in terms of stats, but I think just, um, but, yeah. Definitely. I think, yeah. you know, how many, you could probably say NBA history, how many big guys like him, have you have you seen where almost everything runs through him offensively? Yeah. Like he's an incredibly unique player. Um, you know the the full court passes, the fact that he, you know he dribbles the ball up after time and starts sets. Um, yeah. It's like he's got eyes in the back of the head sometimes. The, oh, yeah. um, the reads and, and plays that he can make. Um, and yeah, with him and Murray, it's a I think an underrated two man game. They might not be, you know, a pair that you come up with as one of the best like one two punches, but I think they're certainly rising, especially after these um, these bubble playoffs. Yeah. Probably a good thing that they're. Um, on. But yeah. Sorry. Chris. Yeah, it's, no, it's just how we like it. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we're used to being the the underdog and. Which, you know, it's probably what stopped us from going any further. Just, I guess, attention-wise and everything, we kind of flourish in, you know, the 3-1 down scenarios as well, where no one's expecting anything from you back against the wall kind of thing is arguably when we're at our best. And if we're going to take that next step towards a title, um, (laughs) you've got to be able to, you know, embrace being one of the, you know, not being the hunter, the the hunted. So, True. 
Yeah. Um, for my third one, though, I'll probably go the the MVP of the, the seeding games, Devin Booker. Um, I think that there's never been any doubts about his ability as a player. And I think the fact that he's still, was it, 23 years old or whatever it is, is quite amazing. It feels like he's been around forever already. Um, but, you know, 8-0 from the Suns, they didn't have a particularly easy schedule either. Um, a lot of us laughed at them at the fact that they were even invited down there in the first place and they were just kind of there to make up the numbers. And, you know, it all went down to the last day, led by led by Booker and um, his, his play was unreal. There's no other way to put it. His high-level scoring and... Um, and playmaking was massive, and uh, it, it would have been incredible to see him make that um, that play-in game, uh, potentially against Portland. That, that would have been a good matchup. Um, but I think the big thing with him is we'll want to see it continue uh, going into next season and into the future, because obviously it was such a short spurt. Um, and, you know, kind of lead Phoenix towards those playoff spots. Yeah, hundred percent. He yeah, he did like he I think he took that kind of leap like that Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray leap. Like he just showed he's a yeah. He's he's not just a good scorer, like you said, he's he can do he can truly elevate a team. Um, Definitely. And I my last one I was gonna go with someone similar, but I think it's I think it's too easy just to go Luca because I think he was already on a legendary kind of trajectory. Um, so I'm going to go a bit of a bit, bit off the uh, beaten track here. I'm going to go actually the San Antonio Spurs as a whole. Um, it, it does sound a bit strange. They did miss the playoffs. Um, but I think like guys like Kelvin Johnson, um, Lonnie Walker, um, and some of those bench guys, that those, those younger guys that really, I think, performed way more than I think a lot of people expected. Um, and I, we were just talking about the other day, Josh, but the DeRozan at power four, DeRozan at five minute, the short minutes that he did were unbelievable. Um, and I actually see them as a, a team like the Heat last year. Um, they had a couple kind of veteran, veteran guys and like a ton of young guys as well. Um, and just missed out in the playoffs. And you, you never know, but the, I feel as though the Spurs are actually not too far away from being quite a good contender. Um, well, at, at the very least, a playoff team. Um, and I think what we saw in, in those in those seeding games was very, very encouraging. I think Derek White's still one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, just if his usage rate could go up a bit, um, and just take a bit more of that offensive burden. I think he could he could genuinely be a star in this league. I, I rate him that highly. He doesn't look like one, but he 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 looks. Yeah, sure. face. Yeah. <laughs> Defense unreal too. Yeah. Nah, he is good, and he's got he's got good size as mm. well. I think that that matters a lot in the the modern day game, but. Um, when you got Pop on your sideline as well, who's you know been there and done it so many times, just a few um, times he's done it. <laughs> <laughs> he's always going to get the best out of um, what he, what he's got, isn't he? I think the the DeRozan move to the four, as you mentioned, just kind of unlocked another dimension for them. Um, yeah. 
it was funny, like, going in, there's quotes from Pop saying that, you know, Paddy Mills was going to kind of take a back, back seat and, um, you know, they were going to use it as, like, a development, um, you know, development sort of uh, period of time for their younger players, especially their guards. Yeah. <laughs> and it ended up becoming, like, a, you know, a full tilt push for the playoffs and that they could have got there in the end, but... Obviously, just so many teams that were all kind of on the same record. It was ultimately a step too far. Well, they, they dropped that game against the Sixers where they really should have won. Mm. And that would have put them in the driver's seat going into that last game. So That was the game win. It wasn't off yeah. the down. Yeah, that's well, right. That was um, Shake Milton, wasn't it, that hit it? Yeah. Got yeah. Shake. Messiah Shake Milton. <laughs> Oh, I think the Sixers up. will be a bit of a hot topic in, in our next segment. Um, but <laughs> let's move on to the next uh, ne- next part of the pod. Um, so I think for me it was incredibly embarrassing looking back at my predictions <laughs> for this season. I think I had the Sixers going to the finals and winning. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I was too embarrassed to actually go back and listen to it, but I think I had the Rockets <laughs> in the finals as well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that didn't go to plan. Um, what, <laughs> who, did, who did you guys have for um, to, to go to the finals? I had, um, I had Bucks and Clippers, which I think was, I don't know, a fairly reasonable shout at the time, but um, <laughs> both I think got found out big time um, once they made it. it well, to be honest, even once the seeding game started, um, especially with Milwaukee, you could tell that something wasn't quite right there. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the ability of Bud to make adjustments in in playoff series has been brought into question a little bit. Um, and I guess, you know, Giannis, a, a lot of criticism there as well. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> contrary to what Paul George said, um, both for both those teams, it's championship or bust. Um, and, you know, they're going to, I'm sure they're going to make moves um, going forward, but they, they need to figure it out because um, they, they didn't get the job done. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think I said um, Clips and Bucks too, probably, as I think a lot of the world probably did. You know, Clips or Lakers in that Western. But one thing I do um, quite clearly remember, I had the Suns to finish at the eight. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was a bit of a bold claim at the time. I think, when did we do the pod? I think maybe like three or five weeks in, uh, games in or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was quite early. Yeah, they won like three, on the, three in a row and like they were looking unreal. And it nearly paid off. It nearly paid off, but obviously it didn't. Um, I think looking back, we probably would have wanted it to pay off and not see the Blazers get killed. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, trying to think back, it'd be good to actually go back and listen to that one. Um, Oh, even for the awards. Yeah, I think I had Giannis for MVP. I mean, it's not a huge, like, win for myself, but at least that's the one thing I can be happy about. <laughs> it's something. After that <laughs> disgusting <laughs> finals choice. Um, 
I think I had Jokic. I think I went a bit of a, a home. Yeah, actually, I feel like I remember that. Yeah, oh, yeah I like yeah. that. That was not bad. Uh, well, <laughs> he um he came into the season so out of shape yeah, as well. Cool. So that kind of got thrown out the window very early. <laughs> and then he came into the bubble. Yeah. Actually, I think looking slim. Looking back, and I think I had most improved Kelly Oubre. Mm. Which is yeah, a, bit a good of a season. Laugh. I'm trying to think if I had Ingram or not. I feel like I might have. We we should really go back and listen to it. <laughs> it shows how professional we are with top notch. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's not look behind. Let's look a bit forward, shall we? Um, we got no idea when the season will start. We're going to be bored for the next, I don't know, four or five months until the next season starts. Um, anyway, early, early. Early, super early. This is before free agency drafts. Just, just we're just gonna go. Not even finals. We'll just go. Who's winning the twenty twenty one championship? Shit. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I honestly. Uh, <laughs> I honestly reckon the Lakers again, maybe. I was, I was going to say the same. It's they, so hard yeah, to they, go against them. They lose a few... Like, the way LeBron like plays even 75% of what he did, you know, they pick up... I'm sure they'll try and go for a, you know, an elite... Maybe not elite, but a fairly solid point guard. They'll lose a few vets. Yeah. I'm sure they'll get a few elsewhere. Um, and, they'll, you know, you'd hope they'd still have the defensive... Um, not beasts, what's the word? I guess like KCP and you know Caruso, yeah. the Caruso, who just like you know will put their bodies on the line, sort of thing. That if they keep those players, get a few, you know, replace Danny Green, sort of thing. Oh, it's hard to go past them. You don't you'd think AD would only get better. Yeah. Um, I think sure. I think he's still got not more in terms of I guess like skill and you know stats, but I guess more in terms of like carrying LeBron instead of sort of LeBron, not that LeBron carrying that much, but you know. AD be the one to get LeBron over the line, I guess, yeah. next year, sort of thing. But we're going to say the same, Josh. Sorry, Chris, what were you saying? Like, I think this year, probably LeBron was kind of that 1A, AD kind of 1B. Maybe that flips next year. Like, LeBron takes that even more of a step back. So, I think he played the least minutes that he's ever played this year or, like, something like that. Um, Mind you, it was to, like, 34.9 minutes or something. Yeah. Per game, which is like, I think there's probably more than what Giannis even averaged. I think what did Giannis I, even play? I think Giannis was barely at 30. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Anyway. I think LeBron was like in the top, like, like maybe for most of the season at least, like in the top three of minutes played, I think. I don't know if it was for the full season, but at a point. Yeah. yeah. And I remember all the critics saying, oh, he's, you know, he's going to hurt himself. He's playing so many minutes. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you reckon, at least he's not playing that like forty-minute kind of Tom Thibodeau kind of shit. I wonder if we'll see. Back in the day, I wonder if we'll see that at the Knicks this year. We'll see RJ Barrett playing forty-five minutes. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting run. He's gonna have to game. retire before his rookie contract's <laughs> over. Do you reckon they're gonna pick anyone up the this Knicks. season? 
How long have I, I've, I've advocated this for so long and it's it, like it's gaining a little bit of traction or maybe like the random rumour or two, but someone like Chris Paul to go there and just build somewhat of stability and somewhat and build some respect within the organisation because it's a genuine yeah. disgrace. Like someone to like, not just Lay teach, a foundation. Yeah, not just teach the kids, but like, you know, call someone out if you see some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, locker room. He, yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be afraid to do that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Give them an identity. Yeah, it's they really don't have one at the moment. Do exactly. It's it's so much, such a shambles. Like Wayne Ellington's like their their shining beacon of light. But anyway. <laughs> Um, let's get on to, so it's an incredibly weak free agent class compared to what we experienced last year. Um, it's obviously headlined by Anthony Davis this year, although with the player option, he probably decline it to, to get maybe what, what will he do? Maybe just a two year extension. Um, and then, you know go for that Supermax when that runs out. Um, but I don't think there's even a even a conversation had for him to leave the Lakers. There can't be. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine the, the uproar? The way he you know, the way he handled the exit with the Pelicans, which yeah. was, you know, shambolic to say the the least, let's call it how it was. Um, <laughs> imagine packing up and leaving after a year after you've won a title and you know built that chemistry with that team like we were talking about chemistry earlier on like they look like out of every team in the league they're the one team that has the most fun playing with each other and he's a big part of it so i think he'd be crazy to even consider leaving because you know where where's he gonna go where he that's a better situation than where he is now so <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, yeah, you wouldn't. There wouldn't be a better situation, I don't think, with his, with his BFFL, LeBron. If he left with LeBron, leave, I think LeBron would demand a trade. Oh, can't imagine he'd be happy. <laughs> the whole clutch. Uh, clutch would like be up in flames, wouldn't it? That they have there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, don't, I think it's 99.9 percent chance he he stays and whether that's opting in opting out what kind of an extension he signs i think he'll be in a a laker uniform next season yeah um so then there's a couple uh restricted free agents so ingram you'd assume um if any other team like the hornets or pistons or anyone even offers him the max um, you'd think the the Pelicans would be wise to match it, coming off his, yeah, coming off his most improved campaign. And another one that I thought was super interesting was Bogdan Bogdanovic um, mm. from the Kings. So I think a big thing with that, I think that can potentially move a few more pieces um, within the Kings. So if he does sign kind of a max or somewhere near max, I don't see any way that they can keep kind of Buddy Hield or, or yeah. something like that, and especially with the looming um, extension for Jaron Fox next year. I don't think he can keep Hield um, and to get you know some kind of value for him, trade him now. 
Um, so I think that becomes like the biggest thing from Bogdanovich's point of view. Oh, not Bogdanovich's point of view, but from that Bogdanovich situation. Um, and one thing that one trade that I wish would happen um, that could you know potentially help them a lot would be for him to go to the Sixers um, for some kind of like Horford or that'd be incredibly stupid to trade for Harris. But um, if they could get rid of if the Sixers could get rid of Horford for and somehow package up <clears throat> and get him in, um, you know, uh, that would change their whole kind of game plan and approach dramatically. I I think. Oh, I, I think it'd be something like the the Kings of like I don't know like you know large history of NBA, but at least the last few years the Kings aren't the best that you know signing players and or, you know the right players for the right money so I wouldn't be surprised if they took on someone like Horford or Tobias with those contracts <laughs> but oh he's a gun Bogdanovich like he like I reckon he shits on Buddy Hield, and I think it took the Kings that long to realise like I don't know if it took them that long to realise that maybe it took Luke Walton that long to realise that um, you know when he when he put, put started putting him on the bench um, I don't, you know who knows if that actually is to make him a six six-man sort of player or not, but there are a lot of rumours about Bogdanovich to the Lakers last year, like, like the just past season, but I guess it'll be like, you know, depends on if he wants to, to secure the bag or if he wants to go ring chasing, which I wouldn't have thought so because he's still pretty young, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, I think, late 20s, 27, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And Buddy's kind of similar. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Buddy's younger. Yeah. Who knows how old Buddy Hill is anyway? Buddy Hill. <laughs> I reckon he's only like twenty six or something. I think Buddy Hill's like yeah. forty five, isn't he? Wouldn't it be surprised? <laughs> wouldn't it be surprised if Buddy Hill ends up at the Lakers somehow and like and like yeah. just somehow win a like be one of those flogs that win, like wins a chip somehow. <laughs> <laughs> well, did All you right. see the um the athletic report? I think last week apparently he's not returning any calls or messages from Luke Walton. Um, uh, I did look. To be fair, I, I don't think he's been treated particularly well by the organisation. Um, like there was the stuff in the lead up to last season starting that he wanted out, and and he wanted a trade. And I don't think him and and Vlade got along very, very well. Uh, Vlade's gone now, obviously. Um, was fired in the off season. Um, really? Yeah. Know that. Yeah, yeah, and they got the Change. one of the assistant GMs in Houston or from Houston. Um, I didn't know. So it'll be interesting how that goes. Um, but yeah, the fact he's they because then they signed him to the extension after the rumblings that he wanted out, um, and then halfway through the season decided to bench him, which you know was an interesting call. And t- to be fair, they actually started playing better and winning. More games with him coming off the bench um, yeah. and him getting, you know, less touches, which I guess good for the collective team. But him individually, I can definitely understand why he's, you know, disappointed and wants out. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think if I had to bet, you know, one player that was going to get moved um, next season, I think it has to be him. Just yeah. it makes too much sense for everyone concerned. It does. Um yeah, I think you nailed it. Like every, it would help everyone so much for him just to get moved. 
Um, but another another interesting name, I think we mentioned him before, but De- DeMar DeRozan um, has a player option for like 27, 29 mil or something like that. Um, it would be quite interesting to see whether he... Obviously, it's, it's a large sum, but he's still one of the most efficient players in the league. Um, I think he pretty much had his best season um, this year, uh, at least um, efficiency-wise, which is huge. Um, and... It, for me, I as like a Heat fan, I'd love for him just to decline his option and sign him to like a one-year $30 million deal or something like that to keep our options open for next year. Um, but, yeah, what, what do you guys reckon he will do um, moving forward? I, I think this offseason is so tough for so many free agents just because of the amount of uncertainty. Um, like no one even knows when free agency is going to start, um, so I think that throws up a lot of problems in itself. So you could maybe argue that you know you're better off opting in, and you've got that guarantee of you know one um, you know significant one, one more significant year of pay, um, and then kind of see what happens after that when hopefully you know COVID settled down and things start to get back to normal because um, again like the cap situation is going to be interesting I think a lot of talk that it's going to stay at the same level that it was the season just gone instead of the the normal spike that it makes um, and I, like who knows it could even go down a little bit like mm. there's no I guess guarantee that that won't happen either so I feel like he's someone that wants to win to me, I think, as well. So maybe money isn't everything for him. He's made you know a fair amount of it anyway throughout his career. So maybe he looks to find a way on a contender somewhere. Um, Chris, I think he'd be a really good culture fit in Miami. Um, it'd be the dynamic of him, Jimmy, and, and Bam on the floor together. Three guys that don't really shoot threes that much would be interesting, but... In terms of a culture fit, I think he'd be really good there. He's just got, uh, yeah, as you said, like culturally he'd be perfect. Um, just listening to him with JJ Redick on his podcast, just talking about how he doesn't refuse to shoot threes. He just doesn't see a need for him to shoot them. Like when he mm. when he shares a floor with like Bryn Forbes and, and guys yeah. like that, like why would he bother shooting? You know what I mean? Like it's not like he there's a need for him to jack, like, eight threes a game. Nah. Um, but I think, yeah. For, yeah, for a team like the Heat, it would be quite cool. Um, but, you know, even, like, a, like a spark plug off the bench, even for some kind of, I don't know, I could even see him going back to the Raptors kind of thing. I'd, he'd, he'd be a perfect fit there. Um, yeah, but who knows with that. Um, but I think quite the, the bigger talking points would probably be in the trade realm. Um, there's probably some bigger names that have the potential to move. Um, one we mentioned before, the most talked about name, um, and probably the biggest name being thrown around, um, most realistic uh, big name being thrown around will probably be CP3. Um, what what do you guys reckon the, the Thunder do? Do they try and get some more assets by trading him on, um, or do they kind of just load again? And like uh, there, there was a report that Gallinari is looking to sign for a for a contender. Um, so it seems that they're going to lose him. 
um, unless it's kind of like a like a sign and trade kind of thing where they can get something back from it. Um, but he it just screams out and for him to go to the Bucks or some team like that. But there were kind of rumors as well um, that they weren't sort of keen on him. Uh, just from the money wise stand, which which makes a lot of sense in the terms of they didn't want to cough up that extra bit of money for Brogdon, who was the ideal running partner for Giannis, played elite D and could just simply run the floor. Um, yeah, picking Bledsoe over him has not oh, aged well, has it? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. When you think of CB3, you just think like there's so many teams that could use him. Like, I guess, obviously money will play a factor in a lot of them, but... Yeah, I don't know, because didn't Giannis say, I want to play with Chris Paul? Wasn't that a legitimate, like, quote? Like, about a month ago? Nah? Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. Uh, I'm not but sure. Yeah. Sort of combated with um, CP, Chris saying um, how the Bucks don't want to want him necessarily, but, nah, that's a tough one. I think they def- OKC definitely offload him. Um, I think they'd probably want to get actual players back, mm. just so they have some... Um, yeah. Um, what's the word? Um, like you know, what's Trade the word? Assets. Some certainty, yeah. or some certainty, yeah, like yeah, with yeah. at least because obviously draft picks can you know become anything. But um, and yeah, I, I think I don't know. There's just so many options. Well, maybe not so many, but it depends. Yeah, like you guys were saying, who wants to, I guess, pay the extra potential luxury tax and have that money burden? That's the problem. Is that his contract so? so big and is it two years left I think so you know small guards never age particularly well uh, someone like him as well like don't get me wrong he's incredibly smart and all the leadership and intangibles that he brings are incredibly important but you know one of his key I guess skills is that um, that speed and, and change of pace so you, you would think that Naturally, he might lose a step or two um, over that next couple of years. Um, and it, it's tough to, I guess, find the contracts to pair up with such a large salary because I think it's in the you know low 40 millions annually. Um, but I think OKC will do everything they can to try and, and get him somewhere where he has a chance to win um, and, and benefit both parties. Um, I think an interesting side note on the Thunder, I think their um, like primary sponsor, um, Chesapeake Energy, went bankrupt during all the COVID stuff. So I feel like they could be a team that would be looking to shed a bit of salary and try and, I guess, you know, patch up because that, that's a significant loss of, of money coming in from them. Yeah. No, that's huge. Um, there's stuff like you, you don't think about. And as like you mentioned before, with the salary cap, who knows? Like they they probably will try and avoid dropping it too much because then we'll we'll get like some like spike again, like KD, like that led to that KD going on the Warriors kind of thing. Um, yeah. But the, yeah, there's so many little things like that 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 I feel as though teams, especially like the Bucks, will be if they weren't hesitant before, they'll be like extremely hesitant now like they'll have they'll have no interest at all in in spending overs um especially for a a six foot 30 what will be a 36 year old point guard 
Um, so yeah, it, it is a tough one. Um, but yeah, it could be for someone like the Bucks. Though, sorry to jump in. It could be at that last kind of roll of the dice mm. as well to try win. Yeah. If you're worried about Giannis yeah. leaving, so yeah, tough decisions True. all around for yeah. a lot of a lot of teams. The Chris Paul one for me, like we've probably gone on a bit too long about it, but it's um obviously if you've got grand plans to spend in 2021, so that essentially rules out like a team like the Heat, the Raptors, anyway, that that, that kind of thing. But yeah. if you're dead set on competing this year and you want to win this year, go after him. Like if you're the Bucks, go after him. If you're the Clippers per se, like if you need a, a proper point guard, go after him. If you can, I don't know, it, it might be extremely hard, as he said, to match up those, those salaries. But then after this season's done and if it hasn't worked out, he becomes a, like a $45 million expiring salary. Yeah. So that becomes almost like wanted around the league. So in, in one way, if you've got no intention of going big fish hunting in 2021, that Chris Paul kind of deal is quite, you know, it's it's gone from being like hideously disgusting to to um, you know, quite coveted. Yeah, I think the season he had this this season's kind of, I guess, made people think twice about writing him off. Yeah. Oh, you'd pick him. I think for me, I'd pick I'd pick him over Westbrook. I reckon, contract wise. Maybe not, obviously not age-wise, but I don't know. Like, if you had to pick one at the moment, like, I don't like, so just seeing how they both performed sort of when it mattered this year. Yeah. Well, just the, the way that Westbrook's, like, his career and his, the, the way his body and the way he plays is not, it can't be suited as you get older. Like, how can yeah. you keep bursting up and down the court like that Say he gets a few more years on on the body. Um, there's there's no way that that kind of that game grace uh, ages gracefully. Whereas like the Chris Paul, like as you said yeah. before, like he's just a master of using changes of pace, angles, and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Um, but I, like even going back to when that trade happened, we were like, oh, definitely the Rockets won this. And I've, I think pretty much most of the world thought that as well, but now it looks like a like a, a swindle from the Thunder. Um, when you consider the picks as well. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. Do you think anything... What will happen with the Clippers? Any, I don't know, like, stay, go, who will stay, who will go? I'd love I, for him to trade. too many options. George. Sorry, what did you say, Chris? I'd love for him to trade Paul George. Just get him out of the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> or even like something like drastic, like trade Paul George for like Gobert and like Bogdanovich or something. You know what I mean? Or Paul George for Gobert and Conley. I know like salaries don't match up, but something like random like that. I'd don't give me see. Paul George, please. <laughs> <laughs> Three-way trade. New York. Okay. Truth be known, the, the Clippers could use Gobert because yeah. I think what sort of caught them out in the end, they were built to, you know, to win, but they didn't have a big that could 
that could stop what turned out to be Jokic, but obviously <laughs> AD as well. Mm. Um, so that's a, a big glaring hole. I think one one thing for me, I, I wouldn't pay Harrell. Um, yeah, he's going into restricted free agency. He's probably going to command, you know, between fifteen and twenty mil a year. Yeah, I just don't see like he's limited defensively. All his offenses around the rim. Don't get me wrong, he works incredibly hard and is you know one of the best hustlers in the league. But ultimately, you know, Denver found him out big time in the playoffs. I think the Lakers would have done the same. Um, so maybe try and, and work out a sign and trade somewhere uh, to get some value back for him. And then I think the maybe the other most realistic one is moving Lou Williams somewhere as well. Relatively team-friendly contract. I think he got found out in the playoffs as well. Um, don't get me wrong. Again, like he's <laughs> offensively. He can he brings so much to the table, but with you know his lack of height and how skinny he is, he just gets found out on defense. Um, you know when it gets into those seven game playoff series, so they're probably maybe the more realistic ones. But I think a Paul George one would spice things up nicely. That's for sure. Gotta wonder what Kawhi would think about that. Yeah, too. The big thing with them was like one of the biggest uh, draw cards for Kawhi, definitely to go to the Lakers was Doc Rivers. So that mm. that coaching change and I guess the, the uncertainty of who they're going to sign, will, will it be um, Ty Lue, will it be um, Jeff Van Gundy, who knows, um, will even like Mike D'Antoni come out, out of nowhere and, and sign that, you know. Um, but yeah, they seem to be from a team that pretty much a year ago looked so certain and confident confident of themselves like the 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 switch is flipped. Like they're now the Lakers from last year. Like so much uncertainty and things like that. And now the Lakers have got, well, obviously coming off a title, but um, yeah, quite quite a different quite a different story this year. Uh, very true. Um, very true. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Um, not really from me. I, I think, was just um, thinking of the. Sorry, Josh. You go. You go. No, I was. I was gonna kind of wrap oh. it up. So no, <laughs> give us a, your last thought. Started having random thoughts about the Chicago Bulls a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Where the shower um, or on the toilet? It's his name, Billy Donovan. Yeah. Yeah, he's proven to like you know bring up the young guys. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I just like a lot of their players and hope they sort of blossom a bit under him, under like actual coach. Finally, but yeah. Well. How many times have we say in previous pods, Josh, about the friend of the pod, Jim Boylan? How 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 great of a coach he was. No, how yeah. disgraceful of a coach he was. Like we we've seen it for such a long time. And like yeah, like you said, Daniel, um, Billy Donovan is a proven at least playoff guy. You know what I mean? He'll get your yeah. he'll get your yeah. team to the playoff. He'll like He'll get the most out of average players, um, like the Robesons of the past, um, and even to a certain extent, to a, like a young Jeremy Grant that he had in OKC, um, he got quite a bit out of him. Um, so yeah, moving forward, I think like th- their goal should at least be making the playoffs. Oh, Definitely. for sure. I think with the, yeah, 
Yeah, they've got talent as well. Yeah. God. They've with got another, it there. With another decent draft pick as well, whether they use that or trade it. Um, yeah. I think um, important for them will be marking and getting back to where he was the, the first couple of years of his career. I think Jim Boylan was terrible for him. He was probably one of the, the biggest losers of it all. Um, mm. If you go through all the stats, like his, his touches and... Um, and naturally, all his shooting and efficiency are way down on the first two seasons of his career. So I'm looking for him to bounce back nicely. Um, I think exactly. Reckon, sorry. No, I was just going to say quickly. Do you reckon you're going to take the risk on him again in fantasy? Larry? <laughs> I, I might. If he's there, if he's there, you know, not not too early, um, I, I might bite on him again. I, I love his potential because he, he does a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and obviously, inside, outside, uh, offensively, get some blocks. So, I, I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I was going to say, and then, you know, probably the next thing is, can Zach Levine take it to the next level as well? Because he's obviously the, the leader there. But, um, you know, can he be that all-star level kind of guy that gets him into the, into the playoffs? Um, I think the, the playoff race will be interesting both... East and West next season. Um, there, there's a lot of teams that you know should feel that they have a sniff. Yeah. Well, this year was pretty much a wash in the in the East. It was those eight teams pretty much most of the year, and the yeah. Wizards put up a feeble fight in the end. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see who actually joins that, and then, you know who might drop out. Um, but we'll we'll get to that definitely in a in a few more pods that we'll have coming up. Um, but anyway, thanks guys uh, for for today. Um, it's been great. Good to good to get one on the board. Get to get some runs on the board, as they say. <laughs> good to be back. That's it. Um, good to be part only of. Only way up. From you sure. Exactly. Only way up. <laughs> <laughs> only way. The only way is up. That's but yeah. No. Nah, thanks for having me, boys. No, no Pleasure. Welcome Keep for the next board. one. That's it. Uh, yeah. So. On behalf of uh, Josh, Daniel, and myself, um, thanks for joining us. We'll be back hopefully soon with another pod. Uh, Stay safe.